0: Welcome to the Weight Inclusive Innovators Podcast. My name is Hannah Turnbull. And I'm Morgan Sinclair. We're two non-diet dieticians,
1: entrepreneurs, and Enneagram 7s here to talk shop about the business side of things.
0: From managing a team of clinicians, to building a cohesive brand, to figuring out how the heck to pay yourself, we get deep down in it talking about what it actually takes to start, run, and grow your weight-inclusive business the good and the messy.
1: We know your degree didn't include any business classes, at least not any applicable to what you're doing now as an entrepreneur. This is why we are on a mission to bring business education to other weight-inclusive clinicians. Say sayonara to all the hours spent on Google and hello to information that is actually relevant. Let's dive
0: into today's episode. Happy Monday, friends. Today, we are going to be chatting about our intentions and measurables as we enter the second quarter of the year. But before we dive into today's episode, let's check in with Morgan. Morgan, tell us about your business highs and lows. Before I dive into my highs and lows, how the heck are we already in Q2? My goodness. I was just thinking that as I was reading and preparing for this conversation today, I am equally excited to like continue to get momentum in the year, but I'm also like, what the actual fuck? Where did time go?
1: It's mind boggling to me, but anywho, we'll get into that with our actual episode. So uh, this week, uh, I feel like it's been a nice balance of some pretty solid highs and some pretty solid lows. So I have a business bestie visiting me this week. She flew in Wednesday night and she'll be here until Monday So her and I actually met through a Facebook group. If you are on our newsletter, you've probably already read this. We met through a Facebook group back in 2018. She lives in upstate New York, is an engineer by education and training, and quit her engineering job to run a branding and web design studio. And so we connected through a Facebook group, instantly became friends It happened to be like two weeks before I moved to Italy. And so we were both building our businesses together, uh, FaceTimed like frequently while I was in Italy and just like relied on each other for support. We both ended up quitting our full-time jobs and now we both do this full-time. And so I've gone up to visit her in New York twice. And then this is her first time to Texas and Houston is showing off for her this week. It is warm and sunny, but not too hot it's perfect. We have lots of outdoor activities planned.
0: That is so fun. I love that you mentioned the point of meeting friends online, because I feel like I've met some of my best friends on Instagram and Facebook, which is just funny to say. So I, I love that over all this time, like y'all are doing the things that you set out to do with your businesses and you connected on such a level where like you're hanging out and going to each other's States. Like it's so fucking cool.
1: It's so cool. It's so fun. I have absolutely loved having her in town this week. My other high of the week is Superbill. The company that I'm doing marketing for has officially set up Salesforce. And for those who aren't familiar with Salesforce, it's like a customer relation management platform or a CRM. And I use Salesforce in my corporate job and honestly have some like little T trauma from it. It was awful. Oh no. It was so confusing. There were so many reports. Anytime I had to try to find something outside of just like accounts and contacts, I always had to call a coworker and be like, where do I find this? And so I was a little nervous when they're like, we're going to use Salesforce. And I'm like, oh my God, not this again. What's <laughs> happening? What's happening? But me and our provider outreach specialist are the basically the ones in charge of setting it up since her and I are going to be using it the most. And so it's kind of fun to have like full autonomy of building it out the way that I want to. Also some pressure with that because truthfully, don't really know everything I'm doing. Building out the reports is like building out pivot tables on Excel, but on steroids, which is very intimidating to me.
0: Whoa. Okay. This feels very serendipitous for me because someone was talking to me earlier this week about Salesforce. And I was like, okay, I understand the basic concepts of what this is, but can it be utilized in our space as eating disorder clinicians and professionals and people working here? So can you give us like 30 second rundown of the kind of things that you can track there? What the intention is? I know you said customer relations management, but like, yeah how do you use it? 30 seconds.
1: We're still figuring out how we're using it. I would say short answer, you would not want to use it for eating disorder clients. It's definitely more geared towards business. So depending on what type of business you're running. So basically you would build out a form, someone would complete it. They would be considered a lead during their lead. They would have to go through like certain checkpoints in order to become an account to make sure they're a good fit for you. Once they're an account, you can then have multiple contacts within the account, and you can track the different activities you're doing with them. So, for what we're doing with Superbill, an account would be a the name of a practice, like a group, uh, uh, either solo or group practice, and then the contact would be the clinician's name. And within the contact, you'd be able to track emails with them, calls with them, if they show up to an event, if they're fully onboarded, if they have a client that submitted a Superbill, things like that.
0: Oh, that's so cool. So it's good for biz to biz offerings. Yeah. And potentially, I wonder if eating disorder professionals can use it as like tracking networking stuff or referrals. Honestly,
1: they could. I think with the max capacity of we can't work with unlimited clients in that role, it might not make sense to use something that intense. I think a really well built out Google Sheets would be more efficient.
0: Love it. In my personal opinion. We love your personal opinion and professional opinion. Um, I hope that you can do some repair and heal your little T trauma from Salesforce. I imagine hopefully it'll be a different experience with the super villain building that out. So I'm really hoping
1: so. I counted it as a high because I'm really excited about the, the potential and opportunity with it. My lows this week, well, first of all, not related to work. My niece started going to daycare. My brother and sister-in-law don't like calling it daycare, though. They call it baby camp, which I absolutely <laughs> love. <laughs> my sister-in-law was like, it makes me really sad saying like, oh, you have to go to daycare. But it sounds way more fun when I'm like, oh, my God, she gets to go to baby camp and like meet all of her friends at baby camp. So <laughs> anyway, she started going to baby camp and naturally caught the daycare bug. I was around her. And so I caught the daycare bug too. And so I'm getting over that, but I think it just made me more tired than I realized. And I've been sleeping a lot more. So if you hear me sniffling, I'm so sorry. That's probably like a not pleasant thing to listen to on a podcast, but it's real life, man.
0: I just want to correct you really quick. And it's a baby camp bug, not a daycare bug.
1: (laughs) Which is so much more fun. I love that. I love the positive reframe related with that so much. Absolutely. So much. Other, I had a few lows this week. Other low, which I know you can relate to, Monday was just awful. Trash. Like, like mood was off in Houston. The weather was off. Everything was off. I did the absolute bare minimum work (laughs) on Monday. I had two 30 minute meetings and checked my email once. And other than that, I
0: was laying on my couch. Sometimes you just got to listen to the bod and the minds be like, you "You know what? I can't do this today. Exactly, exactly.
1: And then my last low of the week, which I think is comical now, now that we're past it. Apparently, in Texas, if you're an LLC, you have to file franchise taxes. I had to Google what a franchise tax was. Only certain states have this. I did not file it for 2020. I was getting things in the mail from like the Texas comptroller Republic, Texas CPA accounts. And anything related to taxes, I just add to a nice folder to bring to my dad when it's time to do taxes together. That got added to the folder, not knowing that one of those letters was like Texas right to forfeit your right to to do transactions in Texas. Like the scary thing of like, you might not be able to run your business anymore. And I was like, what is this? So I sit down with my dad this weekend to do taxes and open it up. And he's like, what is this Morgan? And I'm like, I don't know. I added it to my folder of things to give you to help me with taxes. And he goes, you have a late fee. Like if you don't pay this, like they might, like there's a possibility of shutting it down. Like you have to pay franchise taxes. You apparently only have to pay franchise taxes if you like make over like $1.2 million or something absurd, but you still have to go into the system and say, I don't owe any franchise taxes or else they charge you a late so I am out a hundred dollars because I had to do fifty dollars for each of my LLCs.
2: No, it that that was been just like, annoying.
0: <laughs> that could have been eighteen coffees.
1: Oh, don't tell me that. Oh, oh sorry, I man. couldn't help it. <laughs> oh man. Okay, but do you remember? Do you remember when we were trying to figure out whether we wanted to set up the LLC in Colorado or Texas? And I was like, Oh, if we do it in, if we. We can start it in Colorado, but when we do it in Texas, we have to like do this other specific document saying like, we're like, what what do you call it? Where you do multiple states? Do you remember? A uh,
0: foreign entity. A foreign
1: entity. So that is similar to like with this, where you have to just like go in and like claim it, but not actually like pay anything. So anyhow, that was, you know, an unpleasant surprise, but we got it taken care of. I already got my 2021 filed and I don't owe anything for that. So.
0: And now everybody on the pod gets to learn from your bloop, which is great. And also I hope one day you have to pay the taxes because that means you made $1.2 million. So just put that out there. One day, put it out there. (laughs) What were your highs and lows of the week? Oh, goodness my highs this week were, it actually felt like a pretty balanced week for me. Part of that is probably because it's spring break for grad school. So I didn't have really any work to do around that, which is just a nice, like grad school. It's a good amount of work, but it's not overwhelming. Like it's made for working professionals, but just not even having to really think about it this week was really nice. Wait, didn't you just have a week off of grad school? That's what I thought too. (laughs) I am not complaining. I am not complaining. But you did, right? At the beginning of the month? Yep. Yeah. I think it was like a break in between classes. And then I had two weeks of grad school for this seven week sprint. And well, I guess it's going to be an eight week sprint with one week here because it's just spring break. Spring break. Oh, that's nice. I thought it was weird too. I was not expecting it. And then I saw no assignments were due for like two weeks. And I was like, what? And then we got an email from the professor that was like, happy spring break. And I'm like, "Huh, happy spring break. Okay. A very pleasant surprise. We do have this big project at the end where we could choose to like read a book or a case study. And that's one of my highs this week too. I'll circle back to the balancing in a minute, but for grad school, I have been reading a book. It's called, um, five dysfunctions of a team it's actually really good. Have you read it? Yes. We had to read that in my master's program too. Oh, so cool. I love it's it so, so far. Good. I like how it's written like a story. So a lot of business books, they're not boring. A lot of them are really insightful and interesting. And it just helps me and my brain when there's context to something. So basically this book goes into how a CEO stepped down from a company, another CEO stepped up, and was having to really dive into team dynamics and things and figure out what the hell wasn't working. And they framed it, it's like a story. So it's like reading a fiction book, which is really nice. So that's been
1: fun. It's like reading a fiction book, but then you are like learning about the dynamics within teams. Yep. It's so cool.
0: It is really cool. So we'll link it in the show notes. Um highly recommend. It's a great read. It also feels like an easy read. I set the goal for myself this week. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna read a chapter a day. I got to get through this book before the end of the class. And I was like reading four chapters a day because it was really good.
1: Yes. We love when books are easy to read like that. We love an easy read. Absolutely. Okay. Back to your balanced week though. I want to hear more about this because I'm kind of jealous.
0: Yes. Okay. So this is one of my things I'm always keeping in the back of my mind. Side note, 40 hour work weeks are kind of bullshit. There's different seasons where we work more and less, but I think the human capacity to truly do good work is five to six hours a day. Yep. And so this week, I feel like most days I had six hours or less of scheduled work, whether I was working on a project, having a meeting, having client sessions. And that felt amazing because knowing that and having intention around that, I'm not spreading out six hours of work over a 10 hour day like I do at times where I'm just putzing around and fudging around. And like, I would much rather do six hours of concentrated work, which I was able to do this week, then do all that. So that felt really good. And that's really what I want to shoot for, for sustainability long-term. Maybe that's something I'll talk about for Q2, but yeah, six hour days feel fantastic.
1: I love that. Kudos to you. You deserve like a pat on the back for doing that. We need to find a balance. Yes. I'm going to have to, cause I, and I know we've talked about it on here before, but I fall into that too of like I probably only work six hours a day, but there's times where I'll just like be sitting and scrolling through social media or we'll just be like so distracted with things that I'm like, I easily, you know, I take breaks when I need to, but there are also times where I could have just powered through and then have had a longer period of rest at the end of the day.
0: Exactly. And it's those little things that we don't even realize are happening for us, like scrolling or like repetitively checking email or Facebook. Then we're like, fuck, if I would have just focused and done the work. I could go on with my day and do other things outside of this and have a much more productive, efficient system and business and life and more rest time. Absolutely. Yeah. So those are my highs. My low this week was, I felt really icky on Monday. Like you alluded to Monday sucked. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like physically, mentally and emotionally unwell. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to move all my meetings. So I guess technically Monday I still worked. I just didn't have active meetings. I just focused on what it needed to get done. I got back to some emails. I worked a little bit on projects, but otherwise I was like mental health day. And that was really nice. I really needed that.
1: Isn't it crazy that we both had that experience on Monday? It had to have been something in the universe. Listen, it was a full moon. Was it really a full moon on Monday?
0: I don't know. Someone told me there was a full moon this week sometime when I was at the dog park with Bennett. Mm. They're like, because all the dogs were acting weird. Mm. Like full moon. I'm like full moon for sure.
1: Okay. So somebody
0: fact check if we had a full moon this week, although it'll be 10 days before this episode actually comes out, whatever.
1: Whatever. We'll just, we'll just assume that it is. We'll trust, we'll trust the person at the dog park. Exactly. Amazing. Well, I am so excited to dive into Q2 projections,
0: but first a word from our sponsor.
2: Hey, weight-inclusive innovators, Heather Kaplan here, founder of Weight-Inclusive Nutrition and Dietetics, also known as WIND. WIND is a community for weight-inclusive providers, students, and interns. We're hosting our annual virtual spring conference, April 28th to 30th, and would love to see you there. Are you frustrated by the Academy's recently proposed guidelines for adult weight management? Looking for a space to connect with fellow weight-inclusive providers and get weight-inclusive continuing education? If that sounds like you, I'm right there with you. Our virtual spring symposium is open for registration, and you'll save $100 by registering before March 25th. Join us for three full days of continuing education, connection, and group discussions. Our featured topics for this wind spring symposium include navigating your client's weight loss goals through a weight-inclusive lens, weight-inclusive interventions for PCOS, a research review on weight-inclusive care for clients post-bariatric surgery and the connection between food insecurity and eating disorders, and a unique perspective on the food access pyramid and how you can implement that in your client care. Go to weightinclusivenutrition.teachable.com or email us weightinclusivenutrition@gmail.com at gmail.com for more information and how to register for the spring symposium happening April 28th through 30th.
1: So once this episode launches, it will officially be Q2. It'll be April 4th of 2022. So we'll be, you know, three days in, four days in to Q2. I don't know why I said April 4th and three days. (laughs) Anyhow, we will be four days in to Q2. And last episode, we talked about the things that we got done and didn't get done in Q1. Mm-hmm. And to keep with that theme, we are going to dive in to our intentions and measurables of
0: this quarter. Yeah, we are. And just for full disclosure, literally we typed these out today. And so we are thinking about things probably leading into Q2. So we don't have all of our shit together of let's go and get this done um, we're going to talk more broadly today and kind of put out some inklings that we're thinking around measurables and intentions, but I know for me, very fluid and I like a direction to go, but I'm not so rigid if I don't complete X, Y, and Z, then the world ends. Cause that's just like not a sustainable way to live at all. So. Well, it's not realistic. Like these are all things that we can just keep a pulse on over the next three months. But
1: also, like we know how quickly things can change. So even if we were to be like, I want to do this in April and this in May and this in June, like there are so many things that can happen happen in April and May that, like, by the time you get to June, like you might not even be like working on that project anymore. So we know that things are constantly changing. So yeah, these are really just kind of what are eye on the prize for the next three months. What we're hoping to
0: keep a pulse on. Absolutely. And I think a quarter is just such a nice chunk of time. It's three months, about 12 weeks, depending on if there's a five week month in there. And that just feels like not too long of a time where you can't even fathom where you're going to be in three months, but it keeps you more present while still having a little bit of a toe into the future, which I I really like and appreciate it. It feels more tangible. Like if I try to think two years from now, I can't even tell you, if I look back two years ago, I, everything is so different. So three Maybe months, a year. Like,
1: a year also like mm-hmm. it feels, it feels like too much. Like there's just so much variability in anything more than a quarter. I'm with you. I love doing things in quarters. I used to love doing things in semesters, which makes sense. Right. Because like our whole life of school, we always do things in semesters. And so getting rid of that, but I'm so happy. I'm finally on board with the whole quarterly planning thing because it's, you're, you are nailed it. Like it's enough into the future that we can like keep moving forward, but it's not too far that we like still have a grasp on
0: reality. I don't know if you feel this Morgan, but being year four in my business, my business is, I guess at this point, I did not have the intentions of setting quarterly goals. I was just kind of like surviving and flailing and just setting goals in general and hoping that one day I would get to them. And it feels really good to be a little bit more grounded and in a flow of being able to take the time to pause and think about what is actually sustainable and doable in different quarters, so.
1: I love that you found quarters. I will say I started doing quarterly goals like right when I started working for myself full-time and that was definitely partly a fear-based thing of, I have to know I'm moving the needle in my business because I cannot let this fail. So as long as I have things that I'm working towards, we're good to go.
0: Which I don't think is necessarily, like, I don't think it has to be a fear-based thought. I think it can be a, I'm noticing that I'm having fear or scarcity or wondering if this is going to work. And I know I can take action to keep things going forward. So in those times of being stuck in fear thoughts, you can do things. So, it doesn't have to be. That's where I am
1: now. Love that for you. That separated. So, thanks for naming what my brain was thinking.
0: It's like we have similar brains at times.
1: Who would have thunk? (laughs) Who would have thunk? I mean, we only talk at least once a week. So.
0: Honestly, it's probably like every other day, at least texting.
1: Texting. We do. We we talk way more frequently. We literally get on Zoom and we're like, didn't I just talk to you? And it was a <laughs> week ago. So here
0: we are. And then it's like deja vu because we said the, the thing last week too of like, didn't I just talk to you? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Wouldn't trade it for the world. We are you do. ready to dive into Q2 Intentions and Measurables? Yes, I am. Okay. So I'm going to go over my two businesses that I have by myself. And then I'm also going to talk about some personal things. And I like that we're kind of going into both because as entrepreneurs, sometimes it's, we have work-life balance, or at least we strive for that. But so much of our professional and personal are, are integrated and very fluid. And just, it's, it's hard to have that hard line of what's what. So, um, I'm going to go in a little bit of my goals or my intentions because goals are whatever. We love intentions around here. So I'll start with Nourish Colorado, if that sounds good. Let's do it. Cool. Okay. Q2 for Nourish Colorado, we have three big things that I want to focus on and help my team with. So the first thing is there are still a lot of bottlenecks in our systems for getting clients onboarded in with a clinician and then starting their care. Clinical work is great. Everybody is, we're on top of that. I'm wanting to improve the client's experience of coming through our practice. So what that's going to look like, it's hard to really make it measurable, but I want to decrease the time and the barriers that are coming up for the client to getting to their first session. One of the things is billing stuff. So I think this quarter is when we're really going to start exploring and doing some trials of checking benefits for clients. One of the reasons, and when I say benefits, I mean insurance benefits so they can use their health benefits to see our clinicians. At our practice, it's really important that we're accessible and we're in network with most major insurances. And so we want to assist clients in seeing what insurance is going to cover for them. What has been happening at times is clients aren't sure, or they're not understanding their benefits and then insurance get back to us and they don't have any benefits. And then it's just kind of a, a bit of a mess. I'm sure anyone listening who has insurance-based clients knows what I'm talking about. So to improve our systems, we're going to work on having somebody check benefits before the client is seen. And then we're also still tweaking actually onboarding the clients and having different timeframes for when the client reaches out, they should be connected with the clinician in X amount of time. The clinician will get back to them in this amount of time and they'll be on their schedule by X amount of time. Don't have all the logistics figured out yet. I'm just kind of in that dreaming and scheming phase with it, but I'm excited. I love efficiency Mm -hmm. and I just want to make the experience of getting help for an eating disorder as seamless and as low barrier as possible for people, because it's already vulnerable as a client to take that first step to even reaching out to a dietitian. Have you ever heard of a customer experience journey? Okay. So I put client experience systems. Oh, so I, cool. I think I was like on track. And I'm imagining when we work together on my values driven group stuff that you oh. talk to me a little bit about it, but give us the rundown on That concept.
1: Yeah. I'll actually be talking about this a little bit in my intentions and measurables too, but when you're just getting started, I don't feel like you have to have all of the right answers, right? We talk about a lot. You kind of have to dive in, experience things, and then make adjustments from there. But once you have a pretty good idea of what you want your flow to be, being able to dive into a customer experience journey and map out what it'll be like for your potential turning into current clients is really helpful. So you really walk through uh, six different stages, essentially. Depending on the type of business, that might change. But a awareness phase, when they are aware that they need a service or a product. The research phase, when they're comparing you to other people that they might want to work with. A selection phase. I was like, what's the next one? A selection phase, when they decide to choose you. So it sounds like this would be what phase your client's Like where you're wanting to work on is like when they select you and then move to the next phase, which is onboarding or like Mm -hmm. getting them onboarded and like starts like that first session within that phase is what you're working on in terms of the systems of the business. Absolutely. And then then you have your offboarding phase. And then the last phase is loyalty, which I don't think really applies to the eating disorder work because you probably don't need them to be a loyal person. Like once they're recovered and they're like good to go, obviously they're welcome to come back, but you don't need them to come back. Like that's not part of the plan. Absolutely.
0: Plan. Oh, I love when there's frameworks for things. Thanks for sharing that.
1: Absolutely.
0: When you think about a client coming to a practice, just in this example, that can feel overwhelming. if like, I don't even know all the things that I need to know about getting this person in with me when you're first starting. And so to have that breakdown, And different points to think about for the client or the customer. That's so helpful. So helpful. It makes having
1: to put business systems in place less overwhelming for the business owner as well. Absolutely. Okay. Love that intention. What else you got for Nourish Colorado?
0: All right. So Nourish Colorado, we're also going to focus on increasing our revenue. So if you all have listened to the last couple of episodes, I've talked about my low a few times being... We're having cash flow issues, time of year, insurance taking a while to get back to us. People have deductibles and co-pays versus just insurance covering. So it's a normal part and it's pretty stressful. So we're really going to work on catching up on cash flow, really making sure there's not things we're doing that need to be changed in order for insurance to pay us quicker. We're going to work on decreasing expenses as part of increasing revenue, which I know it's not an exact translation, but if we have less expenses, then more money to spend on our team and to save towards things. So that's going to be part of it. And then we're going to look at contracting into more insurance companies, just because some folks don't end up booking with us. So they don't become clients because we're not in network with their insurance, which is understandable. And so actually doing some research into, um, I know one in my mind is TRICARE, Mm -hmm. which is for folks who are in the military or are currently in the military, um, not sure of the direct branches, but we do get a good amount of folks reach out who have that, and there's not a lot of providers in network. It's a bit confusing, so going to try to figure that out. That's a goal of Q two, and then we're going to ask for increased fee or fee increases from insurance companies that we are in network with. It's a lot.
1: It's exciting though. I mean, but it's all directly related to the intention of increasing
0: revenue. Yeah. It it does sound like a lot and it's hard to break those things down and make them measurable, but I'm going to do it.
1: I'm excited for updates on that one.
0: Yeah. And then the last thing that's going to be a focus of Q2 is we're going to start strategizing and preparing to hire a couple more people, one to two this year to work as part of our FBT program we're building out. So. If you know anybody who's in Colorado or wants to live in Colorado and do FBT work with folks with eating disorders, Nourish Colorado will be hiring probably in the fall, but we're going to start thinking about it this quarter.
1: I love that you're doing a specific FBT strategy. That's just so, that'll be so helpful for folks.
0: It's so needed. We, all of our clinicians, while most of them do a little bit of FBT and then individual And we have a couple of people who really like it. And it's such a different framework than individual care as it should be. It's, Mm -hmm. it's pretty intensive. It's kind of like doing treatment at home. So a kiddo doesn't have to go off. Right. And so we have structures and protocols and things we need to do with parents. And so we really just want to have a specific program for that to be like the best and most effective and really well-versed in it. So we're working on that split continuing on. Love that. Yeah. Okay. And then so that's Nourish Colorado for Q2. I'm sure other things will pop up. Uh for Values Driven Group. I am not yet on Instagram or social media with it. I've been avoiding it like the plague. And I need I know I need to get on there. So I really want to come up with a strategy which feels overwhelming. I'm gonna get some reels and some TikToks going and some Instagram posts. And I'm excited about that. I I love talking about business stuff and using it in a different form, as in putting it on social media. I think will be be really good. I love social media strategy. So if you want to chat? Let me know. Oh, you already know. I'm like booking <laughs> consult with Morgan. <laughs> um, I'm actually going to market my services in Q2 for Values Driven Group. Thus far, I have not. <laughs> because I, well, one, I haven't quote unquote needed to because people come word of mouth and my capacity for taking folks on is pretty limited. I probably have mm, one or two spots for the next couple months, but I do want to just have my name out there and let people know I'm a resource. And then, you know, when they're on Instagram or reels and when I start my membership, they'll be able to access me which is part of the plan as well for Q2 is making those tangibles and timeline for actually launching my membership because I keep delaying it.
1: Put fire under your feet.
0: Fire under my feet. I need it. I need it. And then I have two more for values-driven group. Um, One is I'm going to start putting the insurance course together. I have the outline. I know what what people need and want and what would be helpful in course form versus consulting with me. And so I'm actually going to do tangible things towards the course being launched, which I'm excited about. Don't know what those tangibles are yet. These are all broad <laughs> concepts. And then the last one is continuing increasing revenue, which has been happening every month since the beginning of the year, which is really nice.
1: Yay. And I imagine once you launch the membership and the course as well, like that'll continue to feed into that intention of increasing
0: revenue. Absolutely. It's all interconnected. It truly is. It truly is. And then my last bit is my personal intentions for Q2 is I am getting back into climbing. I did consult with a hand OT who is really awesome. She's a climber and there's something you can get called a pulley ring, which is basically where you wear this specialized ring on your finger that provides pressure and support to your pulley, So you can do some light stuff while it's healing. So I'm going to go get fitted for my pulley ring next week. And I cannot wait. I miss climbing so much. It's like the biggest thing that gets me out of my head and into my body and creates that separation of, I can't be checking my email or on my computer or thinking about work because I need to figure out how to get up this wall. And so I'm really excited to get back to that. It's been a month since I've been a whole month, a whole month. Is your finger feeling better? no. <laughs> No, it's really weird. It doesn't exactly hurt. It just like, if I imagine pushing down with it in the way that I would need to, to climb, it goes numb.
1: Ooh, it's
0: really weird.
1: And that's what the pulley ring will help with.
0: Yeah. It's going to help stabilize it. There you go. Oh, I hope that
1: works. I'm excited for you to get back to climbing. I can't imagine giving up a hobby for a whole month.
0: I know. I know it's really sucked, but I have been spending more time like existing instead of always being busy. So there's been a silver lining to it. That optimism, that optimism, it's always there. <laughs> My next intention is to spend more time reading than I do scrolling through social media right now. It's pretty not great. I love a TikTok scroll after a long day. Um, I also just love the content people put out, like I love plant TikTok. I love climbing TikTok. I love dog TikTok. Like it's all my favorite people doing fucking hilarious things or like teaching me something. And it's so, I don't know, so much dopamine. But reading also provides dopamine. And so I do want to read two books a month. My goal was, I think, the 22 for 2022 as well, which I think you also possibly might be doing. And so- (laughs) Yep. So that's on my mind. And then the last thing is I'm on this journey and I feel like I always have been this journey called minimalism, which we'll record a whole episode on sometime, but just the idea of like consuming less as far as like tangible objects, things that you don't really need or want, um, not being a stuff manager. And so I've really been trying to clean out and donate things that I don't use, or I kind of have this overall thought of, if I don't know, I have it, I don't need it. And so I'm really going through room by room in my condo. I act like it's such a big condo. It's very small. There's not that many rooms (laughs) and I'm just getting rid of stuff of like, why do I have this? Or like, could someone else benefit from this? And it feels really good with being such a busy person and loving that and being involved in so many things, the last thing I want to do is be a manager of stuff. And I mean, this comes back to intentions in general of, I want to live a very intentional life. And that comes down to like my spending habits and what I consume as far as material objects. And yeah, I just love it. And I know there are some problematic aspects of minimalism. Like It's a privilege to be able to spend the time to sort out your things and like invest in things you really care about and not like be able to get rid of things. You Mm -hmm. know, Um, I just want to, I don't know, it ties into my, my caring about the environment and just knowing there's so much more to life than stuff. I'm so for experiences and connecting with people. And I like some stuff and the stuff that I want, I want to enjoy that was my rant about minimalism. I
1: love that. I love that. I can relate in the sense of like, I also live in a very small studio and can't have a lot of things. And so it's almost like forced minimalism because it's not like I can go out and just like buy a bunch of things because there's literally nowhere to put it. And I am not one for a lot of clutter. Like I like things to have their own space. And so it deters me from getting things.
0: Absolutely. I fucking hate clutter too. That's one of the main reasons why I'm in like a bit of a intensive cleaning out, spring cleaning, I'm calling it, mm-hmm. phase in my condo because basically I want everything gone except for my plants. <laughs> <laughs> just like start fresh, get rid of yep. it all. This is just Hannah's greenhouse from now on. Oh, love that. Yes. Love that. Before
1: we dive into my intentions and memorables, I have a question for you related to the scrolling through social media slash reading. Okay, love because it. I am this, well, I have a statement first and then a question. I am the same way. I love scrolling TikTok and I know it, some of it probably is mindless, but the sites of TikTok that I'm on, the people that I follow provide me education, provide me resources, give me inspiration. And so like, yes, there is some mindless scrolling, and it's really helpful for me sometimes, I feel like. That being said, I am definitely known for, like, scrolling for an hour. <laughs> I, but I think, I don't think my intention span, I don't think I can read for an hour either. I'd get too distracted. Maybe that's my intention. Anyway, my question for you, if you're willing to share this, do you get the notification on Sunday of your average hours spent on your phone?
0: Absolutely not. I turned that shit off. I don't want to be shamed.
1: (laughs) I was see how many hours a day on average you spend on your phone because I thought mine was really high and I was, I felt very ashamed of it, but I was actually talking to a few friends and they were like, oh no, like ours is actually a little bit higher than that. And I was like, interesting. But it's the people I was asking are also use like social media as a business marketing tool. And they also use it as a source of inspiration. And so like, I don't think, like, not all of it is like mindless scrolling.
0: Absolutely. I feel and, like I can still look, right?
1: I think so. Because I asked, my average is usually about seven hours.
0: A day? Yes. Okay. So mine's actually turned off. So oh, that means so doesn't not track tracking. It. Yeah. I would imagine mine's probably mm-hmm. around there too, because I find myself in the habit of like picking up my phone right after a session is done to check and see who texted me or like taking a couple minutes to scroll before X, Y, Z or whatever. I'm imagining it's probably pretty high. It's a full-time job. Um, <laughs> and I think there's a place for it, right? When it's intentional. The thing I'm noticing myself doing is I'll get home at like 7 PM I'm feeling really tired. I know that I would benefit from doing like 15 minutes of tidying and then like making some nice dinner, a mm-hmm. nice five minute dinner. Yes. But then I I literally feel myself starting to droop and head over to my couch to lay down and pick up my phone and like if you can see me on YouTube and like scroll scroll scroll, and I don't like that feeling because I I I'm, I'm watching myself do it, versus oh this sounds like it'd be fun. I want to see what's going on on climber TikTok.
1: We're literally living parallel lives. That sounds exactly like my (laughs) routines. I know. (laughs) Like what thing can I cook in the least amount of time possible? Likely a frozen meal. Mm -hmm. Love to do a quick 10, 15 minute tidy of the apartment. Yep. Always find myself drifting towards my couch.
0: Yep. Yep. It's like a gravitational pull of like, no, okay.
1: And you give in. (laughs)
0: Yep. Yep. And then it feels so good, but so bad at the same
1: time. I know it. You're like, I'm, I'm so thankful to be horizontal right now.
0: Yep. And then I find myself looking at the time. So I'll be like, okay, it's seven Oh seven. I'm going to get off my phone at seven 15. And then I'll miss seven 15. It'll be seven 16. And I'm like, okay, seven 30.
1: And then I'll finally studying (laughs) in college. Right. You're like, I'll start studying at this time. And then you miss it by a minute. You're
0: like 30 more minutes. Yep old habits die hard, except they don't. Um, yeah. So I don't like being in that space because usually that's a time when I'm just like scrolling, 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 and not being like, oh, I'm learning something. It's just like
1: mm-hmm. numbing. coming. out.
0: So I'd like to use that time instead and throw my phone across the room so that I don't have it near me. And I just want to like tidy up, spend some time with Bennett, read my books. Yeah. And just be more present.
1: You know what, I do sometimes in order to prevent myself from doing that is set my phone up on a tripod and do a time lapse of my tidy and cooking because then I can't check my phone.
0: Whoa, I don't even know how to do a time lapse.
1: You go to your camera and just swipe over. If you have, I think it's maybe like an iPhone 10 and
0: beyond. Okay, I have a 10. Okay, yeah. So, should should I get a tripod? But I'm trying to be a minimalist. What do I do? dude? Like, just set it up
1: with, uh, like, a cup and then just, like, put your phone on it in, like, a quick room and rest it on something. I just happen to have a tripod assembled in my apartment at all times because you never know when TikTok inspiration is going to strike.
0: Good tip. I like it.
1: (laughs) So, yes, that's my – that's what I do whenever I'm working, too. Like, I'll set up a time lapse of me, like, typing on my laptop and, like, working so I can't check my phone.
0: Okay. That one time – that I made a TikTok, my one and only TikTok that I've made. It's on our Instagram. I set up my um phone at the coffee shop to like record me typing. And I felt very insecure that people were watching me recording myself typing.
1: <laughs> you know what so I usually weird. do though is I will hit the time lapse or hit record and then turn my brightness down all the way. Oh. Yeah. That Sorry. way people can't see. And I'm I, honestly, I have no shame in it. So people see me all the time recording myself. It's, it is what it is. But if you're feeling insecure about it, you could always just turn the brightness down.
0: You know what I always imagine when I see people on TikTok doing like, you know, the transitions with throwing their hair forward or like changing outfits and stuff. I just envision being a camera watching them doing these things and how funny that must be of just like total silence in their bedroom, making a jumping video. And they're just like jumping,
1: <laughs> trying to get the right shot. I think about because about you have to time. record it multiple uh-huh. times. Like you're never going to get it on the first shot.
0: Yeah. It is so funny to me to think about what people look like making these TikToks.
1: I wish I had a second phone. Well, <laughs> you have a second, phone. maybe I should shut it up. Set it up. I do I like I wish I had a second phone to like record me making the TikTok. It's comical.
0: That would be hilarious. And then make a TikTok of reels of people just making TikToks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay, we've cool. derailed it now. I know. We've been, we've gotten way off topic. <laughs> All right. Bring us back. Bringing us back. So my intentions and measurables for Q2. So I have all my different businesses and things that, cookie jars that I have my hand in. So first is Morgan Sinclair Designs. If you listened to last week's episode, you know that I had a goal of 15% revenue increase. I think I really set that for the whole year, but I was like, quarter's good. And so I'm going to stick with that. I think that'll be a, a good percent revenue increase. In 2021, I made about $9,300 in Q2, so 10% increase of that would be about $10,500, which puts us at about $3,500 a month. So just using that as my April, May, and June tracker that consists of branding and web design, coaching, audits, any one-on-one work that I do with clients. Also includes Weight Inclusive Business Academy, which is only four courses up right now. Hoping to add more of those in Q2.
0: I love those goals. Thank you for talking about numbers with us because oh, of course. I think it's it's important for people to see what is realistic. I know we talk about how, how annoying it is to see business coaching offerings that are like make $10,000 a month in your first two months by doing XYZ, this very templated, generic system that someone wants to put you on. It's like a fucking diet. Mm-hmm. And so when you talk about like, what are realistic financial goals, maybe not what you, where you want to be forever, but like something really tangible and pretty awesome to be able to make working for yourself and just grow from there, I think is awesome. Happy to be transparent with numbers. Also disclaimer that we usually give
1: that's revenue. That's not how much I'm paying myself. Yes and I also have other sources of income and so I'm able to like if I took the percentage of paying myself that I that I did last year with that money like it would be a little challenging to get by for the year just going to name that and like the lifestyle that I want to live and so I do have other income sources like I am not fully relying on paying myself from Morgan Sinclair designs so just want to put that little Absolutely. asterisk out there as well if someone's like how is she able to afford things like well, I mean, one, it's personal finances and everyone's personal finances are different mm-hmm. and I have multiple sources of revenue, not just Morgan's and clear designs. So
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Good disclaimer. I love talking about personal finance. I think it's fascinating. I think about all the different directions you can go in it. And I know we'll have a lot of conversations on the pod about it, which is exciting to me. So, so exciting.
1: Yes, oh, we okay. have it. We have it in the docket for Q2 podcast episodes. So coming to you soon. The second intention and measurable, well, I guess intention that I have for Q2 is transferring over from Q1, and that is to create an offboarding process for my branding and web design clients as well as for my coaching and intensive clients. I'm really good at starting things, not great at following up at things. I think there's a lot of room for growth and being able to continue to support clinicians, even if it's just through like an automated email nurture series on how they can take what they learned and continue to implement it in their business. I feel like that's a little bit of extra accountability of like once our work is done together, they get added into this nurture series for, or not nurture series, but like automation series of like four weeks where they have like a to do each week related to the work that we've done together. I just feel like that would be an extra value add. It would be supportive kind of tied into that I'm adding on from what I had in Q1 is I really just want to do a check-in with all of my past clients. Some of them have continued to come back for extra support as their team has grown. They needed to add more pages to their website. They are adding an extra service that they need to add on, which it's so fun to see because it's all things that we talk about in our brand strategy where they're like, oh, and like six months, I want to be here. And one year I want to be here. And like one of my clients was like, in one year I want to have this extra group that I'm offering. And like, we're a year into that. Not even, we're like 10 months into it. So a little shy of a year. And she's reaching back out to me. And she's like, I'm ready to build it now. And so it's just, it's cool to be able to see that support. So just want to check in with all my past clients see how things are going, see if they have any feedback for me related to the work we did. And if there's anything that now that they've had their brand and website for a year, if they wish they would have also had more work together.
0: Oh, that is an excellent idea because, you know, folks get busy and you work with a whole host of private practices group practices I know for me, someone who gets caught up in the chaos, if you were to reach out to me and be like, hey, it's been six months since we worked together. How are you? I'd probably be like, holy shit. Thank you for reaching out. I've been meaning to connect with you. I am looking for X, Y, and Z to be added to my website or need help with marketing strategy. Like I probably would have delayed it even longer without that accountability of you checking in with me. Mm -hmm. The other side of that is I could just be like, Oh my God, that's so sweet of you to check in on me. I'm good. How are you? Like it doesn't, there's no expectation there. It's just like, like staying connected. And I know you, Morgan relate to this, but we really fucking care about the people we work with and the businesses that they're running and just love to hear updates on it.
1: So much love getting updates from people. Anytime someone reaches out to me, they're like, I added a new team member. I'm like, Heck yeah, you did. Let's get them out to the website.
0: Mm-hmm. That's
1: it's awesome. awesome. It's so fun. So yeah, really just, really just focusing on, and kind of what we're talking about with customer experience journey, I have the marketing, the research, the awareness, the onboarding processes, the actual work that we do together, like have it down, feel really good about it. It's now that like offboarding piece that I'm going to be focusing on in their journey. So love it. That sums up the intentions for Morgan Sinclair Designs. Moving into Weight Inclusive Business Academy, I have two intentions. Both of these are also kind of transferring over from Q1 because if you listen to last week's episode, I had three measurables for Q1 for Weight Inclusive Business Academy and got zero of them accomplished. So trying it again, Q2, here we go. The first one is I am building out a assessment slash quiz about what courses you should take from the weight inclusive business academy? Because, and I know I mentioned this before, my goal is to build out business foundations, branding, marketing, and web design courses. When I say courses, I really mean like mini courses, like fifteen minutes of tangible things that you can execute in your business to move the needle. Because they are so short, it means there's going to be a lot of them. And so I want to remove the overwhelm of like going to, the landing page for the Weight Inclusive Business Academy and being like, holy shit, which ones do I choose? So there's now going to be an assessment to kind of place you on what stage of your entrepreneurship journey you're on with my recommended courses for that specific stage.
0: Oh my God. That's awesome.
1: It has been so fun to build out. So I have all of the questions built out already. I'm now going through and doing like a Drum roll, please, results are in, Your A, and then the stage that they're in and doing a little bit of information of like, in this stage, you are likely six months away from quitting your full-time job to run your side hustle full-time, things like that. And all of the different stages, what I would recommend focusing on in terms of those four categories of like business foundations, branding, marketing, web design, and breaking it down into tangible things that you can do to help remove some of the overwhelm that already is coming along with being an entrepreneur.
0: That is awesome. Will you give us a speed round rundown of what four courses you do offer right now?
1: Yes. So the four courses that I offer right now um, is Business Foundations 101, 102, 103, and 201. So I know they're they're kind of like based off college courses. So Business Foundations 101 is mission and vision setting. Business Foundations 102 is long-term vision planning. Business Foundations 103 is short-term goal planning. And Business Foundations 201 is the six things you need to make sure you have in place before you take your first client.
0: Oh my God. I'm like, I want to go take all these. Because I yeah. mean, gosh, that's just the the very tangible, organized information that we needed when we were starting our businesses. I feel that.
1: Exactly. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Very excited about that lead magnet. I think it'll give people a really solid understanding of like what, in a a good direction of like what they need to have in place in order to feel supported as an entrepreneur. So with that, I also want to launch six courses this quarter. So build out and launch two courses each month. That feels really ambitious, but I'm going to
0: try it. You got this. It seems like with everything you're saying today, your Q2 is very content creation heavy. Like you're going to be doing the damn things. That's what it feels like. So
1: awesome. Yep, that's pretty good.
0: All right. So moving right
1: along to the eating expedition to, uh, so we have our first trip in September, which will be Q3 And so for Q2, my intentions and goals are just to get two more people signed up for the trip to bring us to the eight people. That was my original goal was to have eight people. We can go up to 10 people. So there is a little bit more room, um, but really aiming for that eight. Taking baby steps. We're going to get there first. And then my other goal is just to be more active on social media. There was definitely a correlation of whenever I sat down and put together graphics and planned them out for two weeks and posted them consistently. That's when I had the most people ask me questions and sign up for the trip. And so I think there's, I think there is some sort of correlation there. And so just continuing to be more active on social media, I want to do at least one Instagram post a week. But I think if I'm going to base it off of the data that I got from February, end of January and February, when I was posting more consistently, I'll probably need to do like two or three a week. Not that I'm mad about posting more pictures of my time in Italy. (laughs) Creating content for the eating expedition is not hard. So... (laughs)
0: That makes so much sense to me. I mean, it comes back to showing up, right? Like when people develop a relationship with you, even if you haven't met them from just like seeing your face, seeing your content, being sold the trip, essentially, (laughs) it's going to get you those last two people.
1: So it's just, yeah. Seeing the content is just like another little constant reminder of like, oh yeah, I was thinking about that. Oh yeah. I need to like look into that. So that feels really good. And then related to Superbill, don't want to hear too much just because it's not my company, but as the marketing strategist i will be working with our provider outreach person to really develop that customer experience journey fully we'll be doing a journey for a provider as well as a journey for a client just to make sure we have all of our i's dotted t's crossed have thought through everything related to the marketing side and look at opportunities where we continue can continue to grow which kind of leads into my second intention is we have found our best return on investment doing coffee chats where we take a small group of clinicians out for coffee, out for breakfast. I'd love to add lunches to that too and just share about the super bill and answer any questions, help them get onboarded. Uh, and so I will be planning coffee chats for Q end of Q2 and going into Q3 Hannah and I get to do a little bit of traveling, so if you uh, are in a city that and you have a group of clinicians that you think would be interested in learning about this, let me know. Hannah and I can fly to you, not Hannah on the podcast, my other Hannah that I'm doing super with, can fly to you, and we can set up a few uh, coffee chats in your area. Denver's on the list.
0: I was literally just about to say, <laughs> unfortunately, it's not me, Hannah, but... I can't wait to have you guys come out here. And for those, if this is your first episode with us, the Superbill is a really awesome service where they help clients bill out of network benefits for insurance. They also help on the clinician side. Mm-hmm. Morgan can obviously speak more to this <laughs> than I can. But just interjecting to say, if you haven't checked out the Superbill, we're a huge fan. Obviously, Morgan works for them. I work for him, And take us to breakfast.
1: I'm excited. I will be reaching out to you off mic to get Denver plans. Um, I have a few uh, former coworkers and some colleague and colleagues and friends and actually some for, like business clients that are in Florida. That'll probably be our first stop. We're going to do a little tour of Florida, which I'm so excited about. Um, and then Denver is on our list, hopefully for the summer, because it'll be really nice outside.
0: Yes. Yes. Oh, <laughs> get me out of the weird. Texas heat. Yes. What a cool experience to be able to, and especially coming out of COVID, right? Mm-hmm. Being able to go travel for work and like go connect with people, which is, I know is a value of yours and yes. yeah. Oh, so fun. So good. And then I'll end on my personal
1: one. So like Hannah mentioned, I'm also doing a goal of reading 22 books in 2022. I set a goal of 20 books in 2020 and 21 books in 2021. Didn't hit either of those. And honestly, 2022 is not looking good either. <laughs> I have started five books this year and have finished zero. Womp, womp, womp.
0: <laughs> it's totally an Enneagram seven moves.
1: Oh, gosh, it's so frustrating. I think it's because my the start of my year was just wonky. Personally, lots of big emotions. And I don't know why I have that correlated to reading, but it just like, I needed more things in January to kind of numb out from some of that. That was my coping skill and reading wasn't doing it for me. And so I think it just kind of pushed it all on the back burner.
0: Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Reading, you would think it could be escapism. And I think it is for some people. I know for me, I have to be really present and engaged. And if I'm in that place where, and that's where TikTok comes in, where yes. I to scroll, I totally get that. Yeah. Yep. And then my other intention is just to spend some
1: more time outside. It Mm. has been gorgeous in Houston the last few weeks, like seventies and sunny, and it's going to start getting up into the hundreds probably in like June. And so for the first two months of Q2, at least it's like primetime weather in Houston. So definitely want to prioritize being outside.
0: Absolutely. Love that for you. Love that for Houston, that the weather's so nice.
1: And those are my intentions for Q2. Woo. And we want to end the podcast episode with our intentions and measurables for the pod.
0: So we have three big things that we're focusing on for the next three months. First one is you guessed it, social media. <laughs> we're still really wanting to get the word out about our podcast. Everyone who listens that we know of has said it's really helpful and Um, they love listening in. And so we just want to reach as many people as we can. The quote unquote easiest way. I don't think that's the right word. The way to do that is social media. And so, yeah, we're going to figure that out of how to do that better, get more followers, get more people listening to the pod, helping more. Absolutely. And I love social media. So let's fucking go. I'm
1: ready. Perfect. Ready for our strategy call. (laughs) The second measurable or intention that we're going to, that we have for Q2 is building out the foundation for our conference. ah, I'm so excited. If you listen to our mini-sode back in January, I believe, we mentioned that we were going to be hosting a conference in the fall. And so just getting some of those like key pieces in place to be able to lay that foundation, announce it, and start getting the word out.
0: Yes. We're so excited about that. And we really want to be intentional about what we're offering and making sure it's what would be helpful for businesses. And so we're really going to nail that down this quarter. And then
1: our last one is we are going to start planning for and scheduling some guests on the podcast.
0: Yay. We're not quite sure how this will look yet, but we really want to get different voices on the pod, people with different identities than us, people doing different things than us, the same thing as us. I know selfishly for me is I want to see who else is doing stuff in the business space and meet them and connect with them and hash things out with them. Like we love biz to biz people, love um, networking. Yes, we love networking and we just want to we want to lift up other people's work who are doing things that are valuable for our listeners to learn from or work with them. So if you have any requests, anybody top of mind, send them our way. But we are creating a pretty bomb-ass list of people to bring on the pod.
1: Yes, we are. And, and the conversations will stay pretty focused around business. So really anything related to business, whether it's something that's niche. I know there's a handful of clinicians out there that are now no longer acting as clinicians, similar to myself, where we have fully moved into the business space. Um, group practice owners, solo practice owners. If someone has business education, attended a conference and want to share what they learned, like literally anything related to running a weight inclusive business, we're here for.
0: We are here for it. Well, thank you so much for
1: listening to the Weight Inclusive Innovators pod. If you like what you hear, subscribe to our podcast and add us to your queue every week. Please leave us a rating and review and share with a friend to help us reach more weight inclusive business owners who could use support and pep talks. See you next week. Bye.